भद्रम कर्णेसृणुयाम देवा भद्रम पश्येक्षजत्रा स्थिरंगुवागम सस्तनोभि व्यशेम देवितयदायु सुवस्तीन इंद्रो वृद्धस्रवा सुवस्तीन पूषा विश्ववेदा स्वस्तीर्णस्ताक्षुरिष्टनेमी सुवस्तिनो बृहस्पतिर्दा ओं शात शात शाति हरि मे वी हियर विथ अवर यस वॉट इज ऑस्पीशियस मे वी सी विथ अवर आईज वॉट इज ऑस्पीशियस वेल प्रेइंग विथ स्टडी लिम्स मे वी अटेंड द लाइफ स्पैन अलॉटेड टू अस मे इंद्रो bestow well being on us may pushan the god of the earth who is all knowing bestow well being on us may garuda the destroyer of evil bestow well being on us may brihaspati also bestow well being on us om shanti 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 so in the last class we were studying the last mantra of the previous chapter and the first two mantras of the concluding chapter the present chapter the concluding chapter of mundakopanishad where we found that approaching an enlightened soul the one who is realized with whatever wish we may have if it is worldly wish that will be desired that will be fulfilled if it is the desire for emancipation for liberation that too will be fulfilled but each has its own consequences if we go with the worldly desires we will that will enter in the process of transmigration of this unending cycle of birth and death and its associate miseries and the liberation can give us ultimate fulfillment the ultimate happiness the ultimate fulfillment so now the choice is ours so what we choose as in the kathopanishad it has been spoken of that there are two paths that we are as if in the crossways in the junction of two roads one leads to shreya and one leads to preya as we have studied in the kathopanishad shreyascha preyascha manushyameta tau samparitya vivinakti dhirah shreya adadanasya sadhu bhavati preya manda yogakshamat vrinite so what was the idea that there are two paths open to us that we are in the crossroads now we have we have to decide the choice is ours one is shreya and other is the preya shreya means the preferable and preya means the pleasurable this is always we confuse between these two the pleasurable and the preferable we always think the pleasurable to be the preferable we all want happiness there is no doubt about it that there is no human being not a single being who wants misery we all want happiness the only difference is the path which we choose some confuse the pleasurable to be the preferable that's the majority and they go through this process of unending cycle of birth and death where the misery is in the form of dissatisfaction we are constantly chasing after desires thinking that the, with the fulfillment of the desire we are going to get happiness and we find that 
our fulfillment is never reached. It's ever running, never reaching, not a distant glimpse of shore. It's a hedonistic treadmill, which goes on and on without giving us any fulfillment. It's only the few, the dhira, the wise, who can distinguish the decipher, the difference between the two, the shreya and the prayer. And they can leave out the prayer, the pleasurable, and choose the shreya, the preferable. And that's what has been spoken of in the first in mantra of this chapter, which speaks of the shreya. And the last mantra of the previous chapter speaks of the prayer. So now the choice is ours. And the second mantra of this last concluding chapter, as a conclusion to this, that these two paths are there and we can choose them, but the result is fixed. As Sri Ramakrishna used to say, that there is something called absolute truth. What is that? That if you take chili, you're bound to feel that hot sensation. Whether I take it or not, that's my choice. But I will take it. And after that, I don't want to have that hot sensation. That cannot be. If I take the chili, I'm bound to have that hot sensation. So the two paths are open to us. What I choose, for that I have the freedom. But the result that ensues, I cannot change that. That cannot be deviated. And that's the thing which was told, which was spoken of in the second mantra. Now, the third and the fourth mantra also, we studied that once we understood that it is the realization of the self and self alone, which should be the goal of our life. So it, now we may contend, may again we may confuse that there are so many scriptures. Most probably by studying the scriptures, we can realize the self. So that was specifically mentioned in the third mantra. That, we that also we studied in the last class. What, we were, what it says, Na ayam atma, na ayam atma, na ayam atma, pravachanena labhyo, na medhaya, na bahunasrutena, yame vaisha vrinute, tena labhya, stashyaisha atma, vivrinute, tanuswam. Tanuswam. Na ayam atma, pravachanena labhya. It cannot be attained through the study of the Vedas, through pravachana. In the olden days, Vedas are called the Srutis. The student used to hear it from the teacher, and that's how they came to know about the conceptual knowledge behind all the scriptures. So pravachana speaks of Sruti by hearing. It cannot be attained by hearing. Namedhaya. After hearing, some have the capacity to return what they have heard. They never forget. Others may forget. So you have the tremendous capacity of retaining what you have heard and you think that the knowledge is now mine because I don't need any book. It is all within me. It has been internalized. So now I am the one who can be never deviated from the knowledge. So that's you have Medha. So here the scripture is, here the Upanishad mantra is saying very specifically that you cannot even attain by your Medha. Na vahuna astutena. Nor by referring to the various other scriptures. You hear and as a reference, you refer to various other scriptures to clear your doubts and you return all which you have studied. Nothing doing. Yame vrinute The one who really wants to attain the Atman, he alone can attain it. How he can attain it? Atma vivrinute tanuswam. The Atma reveals itself to the seeker. What's the idea as we, with the help of that example, we try to understand that the one who has not tested mango, however he may go on listening to the lectures, on the taste of mango. And he may think that I have understood that all the concepts about the taste of mango, which has been spoken of, I have understood. 
the day he tests the mango he will understand that all that knowledge was mere imagination that it was all vikalpa in yoga sutra this is a vikalpa means the knowledge which has no corresponding reality like if you say shashasringa a rabbit with horns rabbit doesn't have horn you can imagine in your imagination you can even you can draw from your imagination a rabbit with horns but the rabbit in reality doesn't have horn so it is vikalpa it is something mere imagination so the day you test the mango you will find that all your knowledge which you had which you retained which you referred to various script various textbooks after hearing about the test of mango from various uh this lecturers those who are giving presentation on the test of mango you thought but the day you test the mango you find that all this knowledge is actually superfluous they were mere noise they never give you the true knowledge the day you really feel like testing the mango and in, you go in search of mango and you test the mango the mango itself will reveal the test to you nothing else can reveal the test of mango no other thing the mango itself will reveal the moment you test it the similar that the same thing has been spoken of here that knowledge alone is realization that realization alone is knowledge unless you have realized experienced there cannot be any knowledge mere concept is no knowledge so here after saying that attainment of the self is the only goal of life and immediately we may deviate from our path by resorting to too much of studies too much of discussion without internalizing the spiritual practices in our life which alone can at last lead to this realization we don't try to cleanse our mind we don't try to develop the vivek vairagya the discrimination and based on that discrimination this detachment and that leading to contemplation we don't resort to all those paths we just go on discussing in no way it is going to help us in getting established in the knowledge of the brahman so here we find that vedas are a scripture which itself speaks to transcend it this is the beauty of the vedas where most of the scriptures in the dualistic religions we will find that they say that faith in the scripture is the be all and end of the end of spirituality the vedas say you have to transcend the vedas the realization which is beyond the words that alone can entail in spiritual realization spiritual evolution so after saying that the next mantra also on the same lines what it spoke of nayamatma valahine na labhya that spiritual practice even if i have started it's not a slip shot remedy that in two days i am going to have some realization i need to have purity patience perseverance the bala which has been spoken of here is not the physical strength it is the strength of a persevering soul that whatever situation may arise i am not going to deviate from the resolution which i have taken to traverse this path of spirituality i am going to hold on to it with patience even if i fell again i will try as swami vivekananda used to say that one who has an ideal doesn't mean that if you have an ideal you won't be faltering you won't be in making mistakes you will falter you will make mistakes but what's the difference between a person who has an ideal and one who doesn't have an ideal very beautifully swami vivekananda used to say the one who has an ideal if he makes 10 mistakes the one who have no ideal will make 1000 mistakes that's the difference it's not that that we, uh, the day i have chosen an ideal the next day i will be just adhering to it there will be again and again 
these failures. I will be slipping off from my ideal, but I go on persevering, trying again and again. Know it for certain that failures are much, much lesser compared to the one who has no ideal. So that's the thing which has been spoken of as the bala, the perseverance to continue in your spiritual journey, whatever situations may arise, nothing can deter you from the path which you have chosen. So that is this bala. So nayamatma bala hinena, the one who doesn't have that capacity to persevere for them, the self cannot be realized. Na pramada tapasa va api alingat. Pramada means delusion. That if you are too much attached to the worldly way of life, putraishana, vittaishana, yashaishana, this desire for the progeny, desire for wealth, desire for name and fame, then you are bound to forget they got deviated from your ideal and you will forget about it. Totally you will forget about it. So that is the pramada. There's too much attachment. That We find that Sri Ramakrishna used to say that because of the misery of the life, some will develop a type of vairagya, a renunciation. He used to call it as markat vairagya. What is that? It's a very, very superficial Pseudo-renunciation, superficial renunciation, pseudo. Sri Ramakrishna, very, very, in a funny way, he's saying that because of the struggles of life, one develops that type of this pseudo-renunciation. Suddenly one day leaves his hearth and home. No one knows where he is. And then a letter comes that he is in Kashi. He has opened a shop there and he has what you see, he's quite well flourishing there in his business and he's keeping well. So that's the pramada. We sometimes, uh, that when we are really going through the challenges of life, our mind fools us by saying that enough of it, let's come back, let's retreat. Enough of this uh, attachment to this life. Actually, our mind is fooling us. In the name of renunciation, actually, we are trying to settle down in our comfort zone to get some security in some security zone, in some comfort zone. And then when the situation changes, we find that our renunciation has gone. And that's what has been spoken of as pramada, the delusion. When we are having excessive attachment to our mundane way of life, then pramada is bound to come. That vairagya turns out to be a market vairagya, a pseudo-renunciation. So for such a person, realization is never possible. And the last characteristic which is saying is very important. Tapasa va api alingat. What is that? Tapas speaks of that culturing of the knowledge. Constantly you're trying to uh, Cultivate in your mind that you are the Atman, you are the Brahman. That's the contemplation you are trying to do. But Sri Ramakrishna used to say, give a very nice example. That for most of us in spiritual life, we are like an ordinary fly. That our knowledge is what? That for some time we are sitting in the nectar and the next moment again we are sitting in the filth. The one who evolves spiritually, he becomes like a bee, a honey bee. It will sit only on the honey, not in the filth. So if I am a spiritual practitioner, if I have adopted the spiritual way of living, it should reflect in my life. It should be a 24 by 7 affair. That renunciation should be clearly visible through our life. That should become our identity. Linga means sign. As Sri Ramakrishna used to say, if you say that you are the son of God, that we say, it's a common way of conversing uh, with, with, uh, between each other, that we are all the son of God. We are all the daughter of God. 
We're all the children of the divine. We just use these words. But do we really mean it? Sri Ramakrishna used to say, if you are a children, if you are a child of a rich man, what's the proof that you are the child of a rich man? You inherit the riches. If you are the son or a daughter of a rich person, you inherit. And when you say you are the children of God, you are the child of God, and all the godly qualities, like renunciation, wisdom, if those you don't inherit, they don't find expression through your life, means you have not inherited them. In what way you can call yourself the children of the divine? So those linger, the signs are not visible. So all those tapas, which doesn't result in the manifestation of those signs and symbols. As Chaitanya Mahaprabhu used to say, when someone asked that there are so many who are doing Nama Sankirtanam, chanting the name of the Lord, but there is no as such visible change in their way of life. And Mahaprabhu used to say, how can you think there will be a change? There will be a change in their life, transformation. They're all like a pot with holes. If a pot has hole, however water you may pour, they all go out through this hole. Nothing is retained. So unless we have developed that renunciation, the spirit, whatever we are internalizing, cannot be written. They cannot become a signature. They cannot become our identity. So that's been spoken of. So knowledge has to Sankaracharya is very specific. He's saying the knowledge associated with monasticism is the linger. But the broader meaning is because in our scriptures we find there are many such examples like the King Janaka, the example of Gargi, King Janaka, that they were in family, but they developed that renunciation through their life. The signs of renunciation were palpably visible and they that renunciation took them to the realization so it is not the formal monasticism it is the sign of renunciation detachment that finds expression through our life speaks of the linga the sign if those signs are not visible all the tapas is useless all the tapas is useless so that's what is the meaning of tapasa va api alingat if it is not without those signs, all those tapas, then it is useless. If those tapas, all those tapas, all those uh, austerities, spiritual practices, doesn't entail in any visible manifestation as a change in your life, as a transformation in your life, then those tapas is of no use. So after saying that, what is saying? Etai rupaye yastu vidvangs tasyais atma vishate brahmadham. So, but the self of that knower who strives through these means, what is the means? Is the opposite. What has we spoken of? That you have that sufficient perseverance, the strength to persevere, and you have there is absence of delusion, apramada, and the your practices. Yeah, what you say that results in the visible change, transformation through your life, then alone you can enter into the abode of Brahman. You can merge in that Brahman. That's why they say that the knower of Brahman becomes Brahman. Hmm, that you, this knowing is becoming. Here the knowledge and uh, your identity can, can never be separate. In all other uh, fields of learning, that your knowledge has nothing to do with your life. You can be a, a very good in your academic subjects, but that does in no way entail a change in your life. But this is the path where real knowing results in becoming. Knowing is becoming. So that's what's being indicated by the term. He enters into the abode of Brahman. His life, there's a total overhaul, overhauling of his personality. There's a total transformation. So that's been spoken of in the fourth mantra. So now let us proceed to the, the fifth mantra. So absorption in the Brahman. 
what it means is been spoken of in the next mantra sangprapya enam rishaya gyana triptaha kritatmanah vitaragaha prashantaha te sarvagam sarvata prapya dhira yuktatmana sarvam eva avishanti having realized atman samprapya enam the seers become satisfied with that knowledge there is no more hand, hankering for knowledge curiosity mongering falls off that's the meaning of the word gyana tripta the rishi the word rishi means the seer the one who has realized the truth is a rishi these words are very interesting that who is a rishi the rishi is a mantra drashta the one who has seen the truth the truth is eternal the vedas are eternal when we say veda is apurusheya many will be giving in the explanation by saying that it is eternal it came from the mouth of brahma yes they do have a meaning but the real meaning which uh, all can understand even without faith that the vedas are eternal what actually it means that the real knowledge is eternal the veda the word veda came from vid dhatu it is not a particular book veda means encyclopedia knowledge the storehouse of knowledge any storehouse of knowledge is veda and they say that veda is apurusha to understand it swami vivekananda is giving a very nice example that it is not that newton we say that newton discovered gravitation it is not that the gravitation was not there before newton it is a apurusha it's doesn't the gravitation doesn't need newton to affirm its existence it is eternal what newton did he just discovered removed the covering of that ignorance about gravitation discovering removing the cover so he is a rishi as per the knowledge of the gravitation is concerned so he is a rishi he is a seer it is something it was there he has realized that so here also the one the atman is something which is the only truth it's not that we through our spiritual practice attain something which is not it is because of ignorance we are don't realize it here also it's like discovery you remove the covering of ignorance and you become established in that knowledge so the one who has become established in this knowledge by discovering by removing the covering of ignorance is the seer so they are the rishi such seers they become gyana tripta they have no more hankering for knowledge they do not derive any satisfaction from any material things in the world to give a common example how it happens when you realize the truth to know about the world in details it never in any way uh you can be drawn you can be drawn to have the knowledge of the details about this worldly existence why it's so to give a common example that we say that when in the twilight hours you are passing through the road this is a common example in vedanta we give again and again that there is a rope and you see because of the lack of proper light you see a snake instead of the rope now as long as i am seeing this it is a snake all the questions related to the snake is relevant that is the snake poisonous what snake it is all those questions are relevant as long as i am seeing the snake in the rope the moment someone brings the torch and i see it's a rope does all those question have any meaning it has no meaning because i know the snake is a mere projection it as such has no ultimate reality 
as long as I'm in ignorance, I see it as a snake. The one who has realized the Atman through his deep meditation has went to a state where the entire creation as if has dissolved. It was not there. The world of name and form, the only pure, unadulterated amnes, which has no locality, in that he got established. That there is amnes, an existence, and that you are aware of that existence. That as science says, that existence is there, even matter is existing. But does matter know about its existence? So here the Vedanta says that the ultimate existence is that pure amnes which is aware of itself. That's Sat Chit. The Chit Swarupata speaks of the awareness. Sat speaks of the eternal existence which cannot be in any way destroyed. It is. And Chit means you are conscious of that. And that consciousness about your Sat Swarupata it gives you eternal bliss because there is nothing apart from you to hinder your existence, to in any way interrupt your existence. When there is something apart from me, the question of harming comes. If I alone exist by my own right, and that also through eternity, there is no question of being, having a sense of dissatisfaction. I am established in that. So when you go to that step and you know that the entire creation is a mere projection out of ignorance, then the curiosity to know the things about the world is bound to fall off. So when one is realized, he has to become Jnana Tripta. There are very wonderful examples in the life of Sri Ramakrishna. When Swami Sharadananda's younger brother, he was a doctor. So when he passed the medical examination and he was he became the doctor. So as a recognition that to his uh, excellence in his studies, a microscope was presented to him. So one day he brought that microscope to Dakshineshwar and it was mentioned, it was told to Sri Ramakrishna that there are so many small microbes which are not visible through that eye, but through that microscope, you can see them. All were interested. The slides were brought, the microscope was brought on the slides, all those micro, this culture was there and all were seeing through it. And they all asked Ramakrishna, but it was impossible for him. He could never in any way just focus his mind, uh, that his attention through that microscope to see that slide. And when the others asked, it's so easy, just see through it. And then at last Ramakrishna told, the mind which has been given to the divine, how can it be diverted for such trivial things? We find there are so many examples that when the author of the gospel of Ramakrishna, M. One day he was trying to explain Ramakrishna, the solar, how the solar and lunar eclipse happens by drawing the earth, the moon, the sun in the, in the ground. In the ground, he was just with a, with a stick. He was just drawing and just was trying to explain. Ramakrishna immediately wrote, please stop. I'd find no interest in it. So it's not that they are uh, that uh, have no interest in knowledge. They're like an ignorant person that the so-called one who have no academic education, they also may not have that type of interest. But Swami Vivekananda used to give a very nice example. In this world, know it for certain, the opposite poles look alike. The so-called uncultured person who is just busy with the sensed pleasures of life has no interest in knowledge. So as per no interest in knowledge is concerned, he is almost the same as just the opposite polarity. The one who, has, who is established in the self, who has the real knowledge, who has cut through the 
mesh of ignorance and have realized the truth, he also has become totally disinterested about the so-called the phenomenal existence. So that's the meaning of the word jnana tripta. He has transcended this phenomenal existence. He knows it to be a mere superimposition on the reality. So he has no interest about it. So once you realize the self, you are bound to become jnana tripta. All the, that's the one of the signs. Know it for certain. That's a man of realization can never have this curiosity for the mundane uh, way of living. That's why we find if anyone used to bring newspaper in front of Ramakrishna, he will ask when the man leaves, he will ask to just sprinkle Ganges water there because the newspaper is nothing but it speaks of just all the trivial things in details about our day-to-day existence, the politics, the war, all those things, the scandals, those things can interest only a person who take this world to be the real, for whom the world is just a passing phase. They can in no way, he can be interested about it. So that's why the one who has realized he is bound to become Jnana Tripta. These words are so important, so significant. Their souls are established in the Supreme Self. That speaks of the Kritatmana. They never deviate from it. The ones they are established in the Supreme Self, they become Kritatma. There are two words here, Kritatma, Kritatmana and Yuktatmana. When you are in constantly, you are trying to com- have a communion with the self. You're trying to be unified with the higher self. You are at last bound to become Kritatmana. You have, you have, at last you will get established in that self. So they're free from all. And once you get established in the self, what's the another sign? You're bound to become free from passions. Vitaraga. The example which we again give again and again. At the moment you know the mirage to be a mirage, the huge reservoir which you see there can no more delude you, can no more drag you. So once you have realized the self and the entire existence like a mirage has become something superficial, something uh, a, just a mere superimposition and you have realized that the world of this name and form becomes virtual reality for you. It can no more drag you. It can no more pull you. So you are bound to become Vitaraga and Prashanta. That tranquility is bound to come. Because all the disturbances are because of this mundane plane of existence. As in the last class, we were giving the example of this Prashanti, that all the turmoil is in the shores. Uh, if you go to Puri, still this small, uh, what you say, the fishermen with the small boats, you will find they go for fishing. This they call this Nuli, the small boats, the tribals there, the Nulis, they will take these boats to go into the deep waters for fishing. And if you watch them, a very, very interesting thing you will find that they're trying again and again to break through the, these wave barriers. They know that the waves are only in the shore, near the shore. If somehow you can be a bit far away from the shore, the water is tranquil. Then you can go on fishing. So all the waves, the turmoils are in just the fringe, just the shore of our existence. In the core of our existence, the vast existence, which is beyond this superficial existence, which is just in the shore of this phenomenal existence, that core is just tranquil. Once you go beyond this superficial existence of name and form, is a tranquility and tranquility alone, where nothing can disturb you. You are established in yourself. And that speaks of the prashanti. We are no more chasing after the trivial pleasures of life. It gives that Tranquility. Te sarvagam sarvata prapya. They attain something which is everywhere, within and without, with eyes closed, 
in meditation you relate to the same truth with your eyes open it's not that when i am a sadhaka when i am in my spiritual journey i am yet to reach the goal i think only in meditation i am as if communing with the divine but the one who have realized as sri ramakrishna used to say that first in a spiritual journey through neti neti we have to cross it that when you are climbing up the stairs you are as if negating the stairs that to go to the higher stair i have to negate the previous stair that how that's how by stepping over the lower stairs i go to the higher stairs to reach the terrace at last when i reach the terrace then i realize the material with which the staircase the entire staircase is made the same bricks and cement the same material the terrace is also made so now when he comes down he finds it is the same material which has become the entire universe so the word sarvagam is very important here sarvagam means the one who is all pervading by when you realize yourself what happens this consciousness at present which is localized if i close my eyes if i close my ears all the senses if i disconnect from the worldly what you say this association my commun my communication with the world is through the senses i cut off that communication and then i also stop my mind for the time being from all the thoughts about the past about the future and just i am sitting concentrating on my present what you will find that i can never get rid of the idea that i am i am all other thoughts have fallen off but can you get rid of that idea that you are it is constantly there just emanating from yourself and that amnes is localized you know that you are sitting in a particular place it is there from where that amnes is emanating when you go to the realization when you go beyond the mind the amnes is still there but it loses its locality you find that as if there is no locality for you that's been spoken of as a sarvata you attain that 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 example which we give again and again our condition is like a pot immersed in the ocean and now the outer layer of the pot has divided the water we say the water outside is the ocean water and the water inside the pot is the pot water it is the same water the moment the pot is broken again it becomes one with the ocean you become non local so this wall of the pot is the ego this sense of limited individuality so when you go beyond it you attain the non local consciousness by becoming non local as sri ramakrishna says like a salt doll went to measure the depth of the ocean the moment it touched the ocean it became one with the ocean how can it measure the depth it just has become everything that's the idea of sarvagam sarvata prapya dhira who can attain that the one who is dhira who has already become calm whose mind has become tranquil who is equipoised and how is it possible by being yuktaatmana by constantly being in communion with the self with your the core of your being and then what happens sarvam eva avishanti it has entered into it that as we were saying as the water inside a pot immersed in the ocean become one with the water of the ocean when the pot is broken so likewise in the same way the atman of the seer becomes one with brahman when the body is discarded at the time of the death this localized consciousness as we always say is a diseased state of existence when we say that we are diseased i see a small child is always full of life jumping playing frolicking he is not at all he or she is not at all aware of any particular part of this body the entire physical existence is 
throbbing uh, through with life is throbbing with life vitality as we grow old and we start developing various sickness various illness what's the sign now that vitality which was throbbing through your entire body it now starts getting localized you start saying my head is aching there is a pain in my heart there is a pain in my knees the consciousness which was throbbing through the entire body is now getting localized and that's the reason for which we lose our ease we become diseased the ease has gone that's the disease so the ultimate reality which is non local that's the pure state of existence the moment because of ignorance it gets localized in this psychophysical existence we enter that is the disease state that's why shankaracharya is saying that to take birth itself is the biggest disease that's the bhavaroga because the one who is non local has now started thinking himself as just this small psychophysical existence and that speaks of the disease and all the ease goes the suffering comes from that so when you attain the atman so you again go back to that state which is beyond the disease bhavaroga and that's the state uh, which alone can give us this ultimate fulfillment where the question of attaining something no more remains the thing which has to be attained has been attained you become kritatmana this kritatma the another meaning is that that you have attained what you have, what has to be attained krita krita means has been done the thing which has to be done has been done nothing remains to be done you become established in yourself so so the one who has attained the self so these are the signs this idea is being reiterated that this localized con- consciousness loses its locality and becomes one with the omnipresent the omniscient the brahman the word the word brahman came from bridhatu which is means brihat which has no locality so you become one with that that's the idea which is being reiterated again in the next mantra what it is speaking of in the sixth mantra vedanta vigyana sunishchitartha sanyasa yogat yataya shuddha satvaha te brahma lokeshu parantakale paramrita parimuchyanti sarve so having well ascertained the self vedanta vigyana sunishchitartha you have well ascertained the self which is the goal of the vedantic knowledge what is the goal of this vedanta vigyana vedanta vigyana means this vedantic knowledge that has been well ascertained when it is possible to well ascertain the vedantic knowledge only when you have realized like you have read in the book that mango is sweet and it has a very nice flavor these words have a real meaning can be revealed only when you have tasted the mango so then it becomes sunishchita there is no confusion those words there is no gap in your understanding so that vedanta vigyana can be sunishchita okay you can just be you can ascertain about the existence of the self which is the goal of the vedantic knowledge only when you have went to the realization and how it is possible to, uh, to go to that uh, realization sanyasa yogat yataya shuddha sattva by having purified their mind through the practice of sanyasa means renunciation sanyasa doesn't mean a particular uh, way of life just wearing a particular robe the word sanyasa means samyak nyasa is sanyasa samyak in totality nyasa renunciation the one who has renounced the this the worldly way of living in totality not that just by bits and parts that so this is the thing which is disturbing me i just renounce the other things 
are there. I'm quite happy with it. No, in totality, samyak. So that's why sannyas doesn't mean a particular uh, a group of people who have uh, just adopted a particular way of life. It actually speaks of that mental orientation in whatever field of life you may be, in whatever mode of life you may be, if that orientation has led to the complete renunciation, then that speaks of sannyasa. The one who has, uh, what you say, that purified the mind by the practicing of sannyasa, samyak nyasa. So that they are the yati. The word yati means the one who is practicing, assiduous to practicing. So even this, you will find the Sanskrit words do have the derivative in our uh, regional language. In Hindi, in Bengali, we say yatna. When I'm doing something very uh, sincerely, uh, when I'm doing very sincerely, assiduously, I say jatna, or in Hindi, yatna. So that is from the same, the word has been derived from the same word, this yati, this yat, the one who is constantly practicing. The one who is through this practice have at last reached the state of Shuddha Sattva. So this what is Shuddha Sattva? We know that there are three gunas, Sattva, Rajatama. Sattva speaks of equanimity. Raja speaks of restlessness, activity. Tama speaks of dullness, laziness, slothness. When I try to meditate at the beginning, that when I am just trying to detach myself from the world and contemplate on the idea that I am the Atman, I am Brahman, Aham Brahmasmi. When my mind gets to a certain extent tranquil, as my mind was never tranquil, for the first time it goes to that state of tranquility, immediately it will go to a state of stupor. Because that rest it never got. The moment it gets to that rest, state of rest, immediately it goes to stupor. And somehow you bring back it from the stupor, you again find that the mind is distracted, going to the thousands of uh, dealings of life. You cannot keep it fixed in one thought. So either it is restless or it is going to stupor. To have that awareness, that focus, which is not in any way getting distracted. It is focused to the thought that you are the Atman, you are the Brahman. So that awareness without any deviation speaks of the Sattva. So through practice, when you get established in that awareness, which is at the same time tranquil, we can never think of awareness which is tranquil. At present, whenever I am aware, I am restless. And when I am not aware, I am in sleep. What is sattva? Aware which entails tranquility. I am aware of my tranquil state of my mind. It is no more restless. Neither it is going to the state of stupor. So that awareness of the tranquil state of mind is the state of shuddha sattva, which is not interrupted by rajas and tamas. It is possible only by a yati, the one who is practicing perseveringly. What he is practicing? Sannyasa. Samyaknyasa trying to contemplate on the self. The more you contemplate on the self, the more the world falls off. The more you go towards the east, the west automatically falls off. So each and every word follows the, other, the next one. That sannyasa yoga is the thing which spoke of the yata, is a practice which ultimately leads to shuddha sattva. For such a person, te brahma lokeshu parantakale. One who gets established to this practice, what happens? Parantakale, at the time of final departure. This is important for most of us for whom we are still ignorant, still unillumined. Our departure is not final departure. Again, we have to take birth. We have to again come back to this world of name and form in different forms. But the one who has through practice yet this yataya has reached the state of Shuddha Sattva, has reached that state, has broken through that barriers of waves and got go, gone beyond that to the tranquility. 
so he, for him this departure is the final departure parantakali he gets he becomes one with that brahman paramrita parimuchyanti sarve so paramrita what it means paramrita para amrita you reach the state which is immortal the supreme state which is immortal any other state there is a flow it is changing that's the state which is he speaks of supreme immortality the deathless brahman it is in the eternal present without any change it is ever aging never old that's what is meant by eternal present there is no question of passage of time the question of passing of time comes with transformation that i was young i became old which speaks of passage of time if you are as you are you cannot the time question of time cannot comes the question of time only comes with transformation when there is no transformation the concept of time falls off you are in the eternal present and that eternal present is deathless so that supreme mortality the deathless brahman that has become yourself you have transcended this limited uh, localized existence to have merged in that state of supreme mortality by becoming identified with the brahman and that has happened when you are still living when when you discard the body as long as you are living though you have realized the soul you are like a jivan mukta the ignorance can no more delude you then you may say that why you should continue to live the, in our scriptures the idea is that the prarabdha you have to experience that the example which we give that the, what's the way of stopping the fan when the fan is revolving the moment you switch off the fan the fan doesn't stop immediately because of the past momentum it goes on revolving for some time to stop at last when the inertia when all its the inertia of motion has been exhausted then it stops so all the actions which have resulted in this birth they have to be experienced they have to be experienced there is no way out even when i have realized the realization entails in complete detachment it is like this or switching off you have switched off the fan it is like switching off your psychophysical existence so there is no at present all my actions are motivated by desires the switch is still on i am motivated by the desires the desires has fallen off in the moment i go to the realization the switch has been offed you have off the switch but still the past momentum which has resulted in this birth just like the fan goes on revolving for some time it has to revolve it has to go through the, all those experiences but all other karma the sanchita karma that a particular fund quota of my past karma has resulted in this birth but there are so many other sanskaras still hidden they are yet to be fructified in some other future births they all are they become redundant all the actions which i am doing as i am doing without any attachment they also won't be yielding any result so there is they say that there are three types of karma what are the three types of karma first is sanchita karma kriyamana karma is the second and third is a prarabdha that sanchita there's a vast storehouse of the samskaras which are yet to yield results from my past birth they are vast of that a particular quota has started fructifying in this life they are the prarabdha and kriyamana i am also at present doing some action they again will be yielding some result in the future so kriyamana are also is also something which is going to yield result in the future it will get converted into sanchita so for realize the moment you realize the you go to the realization the sanchita and the kriyamana they won't yield result anymore but the prarabdha you have to experience though that you are going through the joys and sufferings of life from others may think that you are happy you are sorrow you are sad but 
the one who is jivan mukta though he is going through the experience he is going through the experience in a detached manner he knows that the body mind is going through the experience he is just the witness of it so as such he is not he is not identified with the experiences in this and that has to exhaust and when it exhausted then it becomes one with brahman sankaracharya very nicely says that it is just like the bird flying in the sky when i when we walk on the ground we have our footprints but when the bird is flying in the sky it has no footprints so just as the footprints of the birds cannot be traced in space or you cannot uh, trace the footprints of fish in the water similar is the movement of the man of knowledge the moment at the time of death he becomes one with that brahman the non local consciousness in no way you can trace him it's only our limited individuality which goes from one but to the other that has that identity now that identity the footprint is gone you become one with the absolute so that's the thing which has been spoken of after the prarabdha the that in the scripture they give that very nice example to explain this three type of karma that suppose a hunter is having lot of arrows in the quiver on his shoulder and he takes one of the arrows places it on the bow and shoots it to a bird sitting on a tree on the branch of a tree and before the arrow hits the target he thinks most probably i i i have i may miss the target so to ensure that he doesn't miss the target he takes another arrow places on the places it on the bow and is about to pull the string when suddenly the renunciation comes that it is not good to kill animals i should desist from such cruel acts now all the arrows which are in the quiver they won't be used anymore so all the sanchita karma they are not going to be used anymore the the arrow which is already i have placed on the bow and i have already pulled the string but as that compassion has dawned in me i am not going to leave that arrow so this arrow also is not going to be expended but the arrow which is yet to hit the mark but we have already i have already shot the arrow it is yet to hit the mark i have no control over that whether it hits the mark or it misses whatever it may be it will just follow its course i have no control over it that's the prarabdha so which already has started fructifying so i can have no control over it but once that is exhausted nothing is there to hold me back others go through the process of transmigration but the one who has got established in the self all the knots of the heart has fallen off as we told the moment the ego is just like the hub of the will of our psychophysical existence if our psychophysical existence is compared to a will then the hub of the will is the ego with the knowledge of the self that ego has been uprooted the moment you remove the hub of the will all the spikes which are attached to it they also fall off disintegrate disintegrating the entire will once for all so that's what happens to a man of realization the hub has been removed all the various desires are like the spikes attached to that hub they all fall off once at a time that's how sanyasa happens samyak nyasa it's not one by one you can renounce everything is renounced once for all and that leads to the dissolution of your localized this uh, psychophysical existence it takes you to that non local existence and that's the thing that your so called uh, individuality is merged in the absolute in the words of ramakrishna that again the same example it's like a salt doll when to measure the depth of the ocean the moment it touched the ocean it became one with it so the process of this dissolution of the individual self in the absolute will be vividly specifically described again in the seventh mantra 
that how that we have 16 parts, they all start flowing, falling off. The Indriyas goes back to the gods of the Indriyas. The sense organs have their deities. It gets resolved to the deities. All the action starts falling off and you become one with the Absolute. That's the idea which will be again spoken of in the next mantra. So we will take up that mantra again in the next class. With this, we stop our discussion today. Thank you all. Namaskars.